Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is entitled Walking Away and Starting Over. So here's where God begins to deliver and redeem and restore me from this Job-like experience that lasted almost 13 years. In this episode, I'll show how the enemy overplayed his hand and my eyes were opened to the fact that I'd been duped once again. I filmed the intro to this episode in front of the house I was living in when I finally had the courage to walk away. I was renting the house with another woman named Jan and one of her two nephews, Mike. She had also lost everything after divorcing her husband, giving all the sales revenue from her properties in California to Tim. Of course, you have to understand, he used the scripture from Acts about how the first church sold their property and laid the proceeds at the feet of the apostles. Yeah, I know, what a scam. If I remember right, the amount she received in the proceeds for her half of the properties was close to half a million dollars, but she as well could not keep in Tim's good graces. She was the accountant at Winepress Publishing and reported directly to Tim. I'll never forget the one time she was one day late on processing his huge paycheck. He completely came unglued and spent an entire day berating and verbally abusing her for incompetence. Mind you, it was okay for all the employees to wait up to two weeks past the payday for their paychecks and for many vendors to be paid super late. Such hypocrisy because she took the brunt of every reckless financial decision Tim made, blamed for not having enough faith. So it was her fault when there wasn't enough money to pay the bills. So we were being disciplined together under that roof. Mike was there to keep an eye on us and keep the leaders informed of any behavior that could have been taken as treasonous. As we were labeled weak-willed women from 2 Timothy 3, and could not be trusted. For a time, Jan was staying in the associate pastor's house. Yeah, yeah, that guy, the pedophile, because she appeared to be a flight risk and they didn't want me talking to her. Praise God that I could sit in front of that house today without any bitterness or regret or unforgiveness I am free from the chains of that destructive ideology and made new in my relationship with the one true God. I have been liberated and redeemed. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more folks can find this podcast and be encouraged. Or maybe you know someone specifically who needs to hear this message. So please share the link with others. You may even want to visit my YouTube channel to see the video version of this podcast and connect with the conversations going on there. So just head on over to YouTube, type in Athena Dean Holtz into the search bar, and you'll find my video broadcast there. So hey, let's get started.
Well, hey, everyone. Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. Today's segment is titled Walking Away and Starting Over. I pretty much decided I didn't even want to be a Christian anymore. After all, I could never live up to all the requirements, never repented the way they wanted me to, asked too many questions, was open about my doubts and my struggles about the way things were done. Funny how I questioned and doubted, but then allowed Tim to verbally and emotionally abuse me for it. Go figure. So here's how it worked. If I left, that meant I would have to say I'm not a Christian. We were always told that if anyone ever leaves this group of believers that's chosen by God, then they are simply walking away from God. We would always hear Psalm 50, verse 5, preached, where it says, Gather to me my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. This was how we were made to feel spiritual for cutting off all of our spouses, family, loved ones, friends. We made a sacrifice which sealed our covenant with God and this new family on the narrow road. We were the faithful ones God spoke of in this psalm. So now I was going to, as they say, turn my back on God because I just could no longer support the abusive leadership and the oppressive environment. But I didn't quite expect the last piece of paperwork that was slipped in at the last minute before the sale was complete. A non-compete that basically wouldn't allow me to work in a 7-Eleven if they sold books there. And another addendum was the clincher. The assets were being purchased for $10 by the church, but the liabilities were not. This was news to me. So whether the new owners would assume the liabilities or not would be determined and predicated solely on my behavior. So that's right. What the paperwork said in essence is, if you're a good girl and you don't give us any trouble and you do whatever we tell you to do, we will take responsibility for the liabilities. But if you don't, then they're yours. All $375,000 of them. So my original plan to walk away the minute the company was sold had to shift since now I had this threat hanging over my head. The last thing I needed was to owe 375 grand when all I received for my $3.5 million publishing company was $10. Honestly, I thought it was my gift to God to not receive a fair price. I know you're probably thinking I'm crazy, which I was at the time, but they really brainwashed me into thinking I was doing God's will by allowing them to steward the gift of wine press publishing. Once the publishing company was out of my name and owned by the church, their colors really came out. I'd given them everything. And after they got it, all they did initially was cut my pay in half, then busted me down to minimum wage as discipline. Remember the scripture I kept telling myself to justify this abuse was that God loves those he disciplines. Well, in my head, 
I decided to let them have the company since I'd lost all control of the decisions of all the leadership in the company. I was just so done with it and honestly ready to give up on God. Like I said, literally, if this was who God was, then I didn't want him. It took me eight and a half months after the sale of the company for me to finally walk away. As they continued to hold the liabilities over my head, I watched and I questioned. I documented the financial irregularities and abuse. And the more I questioned, the more they tried to silence me. The final surprise came to light as we were preparing the taxes to meet the extension date of October 2011, I found that a large tax bill was due from the sale of the company, but it hadn't been paid. It was use tax, which is similar to sales tax on a retail sale, but it's what a company pays when they purchase the assets of another company. And that's what they owed the state for receiving these assets. The tax was overdue by eight months, and with penalties, it was about 15 grand. I was sure it was my responsibility to pay it. Even though it's the buyer that has charged this tax, not the seller, I was frantic to try to find the $15,000 since by that time, my credit was completely trashed after my pay was reduced to one twentieth of what I made before giving the company away. I called the state of Washington to try and explain my situation. And they said, if I didn't have the money and it wasn't paid in two weeks, then they would just come after wine press for it, which of course freaked me out. I couldn't let that happen. Now, it I mean, really, it put me in a tizzy, but You have to understand, I've been placed outside the camp completely by this time. No one was allowed to talk to me. I was not allowed to email anyone. The only way I could communicate with leadership was in writing, pen on paper. So I wrote a letter to Tim's right-hand man. Yes, you're right. The abuser I told you about the last episode. I told him I had nowhere to get the 15000 And the state was going to come after wine press if something wasn't done. I begged in this letter, could there be anyone in the congregation who would co-sign a loan for me so that I could take care of it? I was desperate to fix this situation as once again, I felt like my salvation was hanging in the balance. Even though I decided in my heart to walk away from God, I was still terrified at what I'd been led to believe would happen if I did not do what I was told that God expected. Two days after I hand-delivered my request, I receive a priority mail envelope to my house. I was required to sign for it. It was a letter from the lawyer who represented the leadership at Sound Doctrine and now Winepress. It read something like this. My client is tired of your broken promises to pay the tax bill you agreed to pay and their patience is wearing thin. If this matter is not resolved within a week, 
we will have no other recourse than to take legal action. I'm like, what? Isn't there like a scripture somewhere in the Bible that says you don't sue other brothers and sisters? Wait, wait, no. You know, I mean, the alarms were going off in my head. I ask for help to come up with the money and I get threatened with a lawsuit? For a time, I was indignant, but it did not last long. I plummeted into fear and frantically looked for a way to get the money to pay the taxes. I called my brother in San Antonio and tried to explain why I needed a loan and would he consider helping me. He promised to get back with me in less than a week. And when he did, he asked me one simple question. If they didn't realize the taxes were owed at the time of the sale, and you didn't realize at the same time that that tax amount was owed, why are you paying 100% of the tax debt? Why aren't you splitting it at the very least? Ding, 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 ding. That was the million dollar question. The scales over my eyes dropped when I realized I have been duped for the last 12, almost 13 years. I picked up the phone. I called my son. I asked him to come and get me. This was my youngest son who left after being involved for a year. So for almost 11 years, I refused to speak to him, take his phone calls, have anything to do with him, as he had, in our opinion, walked away from God. And after all, the scriptures ask, what has light to do with darkness? It was walking away from what had become my spiritual family to return to my blood family. And in my mind, I was finished with God. I was 59 years old. I'd been stripped of everything. My company, my house. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention. I had to do a short sale because they reduced my pay. Remember? It was reduced beyond any ability to pay the mortgage. So the associate pastor, Malcolm Fraser, yeah, that guy, actually bought the $400,000 house for $250,000 in a short sale, which I understand is not even legal to have someone you know put an offer in, kind of like insider trading. But you have to remember, when evil men twist scripture to make whatever they want to be acceptable okay, the ends justify the means. So breaking the law, lying, stealing, those are all justified because the end result is what they want and they think they deserve it. I had no savings, no investments, no credit after the reduction in my pay. Many bills went unpaid. My house was in foreclosure. I had literally lost everything and was completely starting over. I was emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and financially destitute and had very little hope. I wasn't sure what steps to take at this point. And I wondered if I, you know, gosh, should I declare bankruptcy? My son ended up taking me to an attorney to ask about that very option. The attorney asked to look at the documents from the sale of wine press, and I held my breath as he turned each page. Pretty soon, his mouth dropped open. 
And as he looked up at me, all he could say, fraud. This is a sham. He just shook his head. He said, your company was stolen. What they did to you was completely illegal. So that surreal moment not only affirmed what I knew deep down, but it also confirmed that the God they represented was not a God I wanted to serve. That is the truth. Because they were false shepherds. They preached a false Jesus and completely misrepresented God to meet their own agenda and selfish desires. I was beside myself as I realized I didn't have to lose my faith and walk away from God. I actually had an opportunity to rediscover him and find out who he really was and is. So I spent the next three months in counseling. I made a commitment to God that I would take this time to begin the healing process and would not be distracted. I asked my brother to loan me enough money so I could just spend 90 days without any pressure or responsibilities. I also committed to God that I would not in any way be distracted with a man, a job, or a cause while I did the very hard work of replacing the lies I believed with the truth of who God is and how he sees me. For that 90 days, I lived in different bedrooms provided by friends who just were so happy that I'd gotten out and seen the light. They wanted to see me whole again. Everything I owned could fit in a 10 by 10 bedroom. As I went through this intense counseling, I began to ask God to help me really discover who I was, who he made me to be, not who Tim and Carla wanted me to be complete with likes and dislikes and preferences, personality and giftings. I was a shell of a person and didn't even know anymore who I was. Remember when I talked a few episodes about losing one's sense of self? That's what happens in a cult? Well, that's exactly where I was. I had lost all sense of self and had to be completely restored. A friend from my past sent me a copy of a book he wrote titled, His Desire is for Me, The Story of Solomon and the Shulamite. It took a while before I could bring myself to open a Bible, so I parked in this devotional and lapped it up as the smoldering wick of my faith was slowly reignited. Have you ever come to a place where you kind of ding, 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 realized everything you had believed about a certain person or thing was a lie, that you'd ignored red flags, believed you were right, when in reality you were wrong. It could be about a church or a relationship or a spouse or a business. That's a humbling place to find yourself. But oh, how God does not waste that low place. He is always faithful to take our blunders and our missteps, ignorance and sin, and redeem it for his glory. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. I would appreciate it if you would like, follow, share, comment, all that stuff. You know the drill. I'd love for you to connect with me. I'd love to hear about what God's doing in your life. My name is Athena Dean Holtz. 
and this is redeemed and restored. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.